Peace and love, everybody. Welcome to the pilot episode of Third Eye Point of View. My name is Atiyah Salima. And I'm Shine. And I'm Erin. Um, we're bringing you guys this show to give you guys our thoughts and opinions on things going on in the entertainment world and just in life in general, like the latest news, music reviews, book reviews, etc. We will try to give you our best unbiased opinion, but ultimately, it is up to you to be willing to learn, form your own opinions, and keep your third eye open at all times. This first episode will tackle the topic of unfair treatment to music artists by record labels and his ex, as well as the janky contract that are signed, which results in the jerking of money, creative control, and ultimately, their freedom. We've heard this story before from many artists like Tony Braxton, TLC, Lil Wayne, and even more recently with the coming issues of De La Soul and their record label Tommy Boy Records, which will actually be the main focal point of this show today. And for those who don't know, De La Soul has been an established rap group since the late 1980s, and they have written hip-hop hits like Me, Myself, and I, Break It Dawn, Our World is Skin and Jam Made Saturdays, and even helped put together a conglomerate hip-hop group called Native Tongues, which spawned the legendary remix to her song, Buddy. And the record label Tommy Boy founded by Tommy Silverman has introduced us to many legendary artists like Queen Latifah, Nard by Nature, Digital Underground, and many more. And they have honestly made a huge impact and played a huge role in hip-hop music as we know it today. But just like everything, el- everything else in this world, just because things glitter doesn't necessarily mean that it's all gold. With that being said, let us let me ask you guys this, both Red and Shine, and also the audience. How do you guys feel about De La being paid pennies for the streaming sales of their 30-year catalog? Well, to be honest with you, I feel like it's really sad because De La, the whole entire group in general, made a huge contribution to hip-hop music. Um, they inspired so many people that I look up today. And it's just sad when you see someone who deserves their credit where it's due being effed out their money just because something so, sm- not small, but like, you know, a word that you don't understand in a contract and it slips up on you and now you know, you're losing the money that you deserve. I still rock me, myself, and I like just to see one of my favorite artists not getting what they deserve is kind of heartbreaking, but, you know? I think it's really interesting that, like, creative contributions, especially when it comes to, like, culture, cultural contributions are more than the value than that, you know, piece actually brings in. It's what that piece inspires. It's yeah. what um, what comes after it, because a lot of the times we see a lot of classic hip-hop, not only do artists now sample those songs, but they also, like, like a plethora of artists use those use that, that, that song and that culture that came from that as the basis of their work. And so the value is not just in what the piece, like, the piece earned but also like the things that you know that was able to um, be spawned from it so the fact that they're not even getting the money from what was actually taken in is it's it's almost criminal right and i think it's it's a bit degrading and disrespectful because they've been in the business for so long 30 years and they're basically you know getting robbed 
like a new artist or well I'm not saying that it's still good for new artists but sort of like you know when we look at people who are older than us we think they're you know the more um like structured successful yeah. type so to think that they're going through what newer artists go through is kind of a shame I mean, when you look at like hip hop legends and like art, like l- iconic artists, the fact that they like they built a culture and are not being compensated is horrifying because those are people that we look up to. Those are people that like not only do we bop, but our parents bop them, our grandparents might bop them. So it's like it, it's it's an institution in the community, and so when they're not getting compensation for their work, it's horrifying. It feels like an insult to us. Right. But um, let me break this down for people who are not familiar with this topic. So, for those who don't know, on February 26th, the Tour released a statement along with many other posts on Instagram, We Are De La Soul, saying, Dear fans, the music will be released digitally after 30 long years of good music and for the fruits of labor. Your purchases will go to 90% Tommy Boy and 10% De La Soul. Thank you. Sincerely yours, hashtag the Phantom Two Million Dead. If you didn't understand the post, basically Dayla is being robbed and they will not be receiving a significant amount of money for their own music. And when I dug a bit deeper into the situation, I found out that because of the many infractions that surrounds the catalog, more so the Three Feet High and Rising album, which just celebrated its 30th birthday on March the 3rd, is the reason why Dayla and Tommy Boy are in the limbo that they're in right now. Usually, infractions involving music is due to issues with sample clearings. For instance, we've heard the we heard the payback by James Brown being used in many songs 100 times over. But what some people don't know is that you have to pay for the usage of these songs and records. You have to be cleared by the estate or given permission by the actual artist to release this music. Yet, yeah, it's a pain to sometimes have to wait months and months just to get an answer back, but I'd rather that than be sued, have my music blocked, and not be able to capitalize off the music in any sense. And unfortunately, this happens to be a case for Dayla, because they allude to the fact they owe him $2 million debt. But we can't fully place the blame on them. Instead, we should attempt to shift our energy towards Tom Silverman, because on a very in-depth interview with Sway in the Morning, one of the group members, one of the group members Dave, said that the Phyllis as a collective already took the route of trying to get their samples cleared. But because Tom Silverman didn't think their album, Three Feet High and Rising, was going to do very well in numbers, the record label didn't bother to clear the samples. More specifically, from a group called The Turtles who sued De La for their 1989 song called Translating Life from Mars, which sampled the, so- the Turtles song You Showed Me, which results in De La being sued for $2.5 million. They thought that they would be able to get away with using other people's records, but because the album blew up a great deal, people were coming out of the woodworks looking for their check, and rightfully so because they do own the music that's being used. However, member of the group Mace said that because of this, they've continued to pay the price, and that's one of their main concerns with the release now. Then the group went on Instagram again to say this. Dear fans, so check this one out. Monday. We're confronted and questioned whether or not all samples have been cleared for our catalog streaming release. Tommy Boy felt it would be better to move forward with the release and deal with all the claims and lawsuits later on. Really? That's just not smart business. We don't want to be sued. They captioned with a picture with, 
we are being placed in the line of fire. Um, let me just start it off. I think that this this entire situation is unfortunate for both sides because on one hand, you have Dela, they're being robbed, and then you have a record label like Tommy Boy, who is considered, well, at least from what I've heard and like researched in the hip hop community, they're considered like a, a bad boy or a, like a Def Jam. So when people see stories like this about them and artists, it will one, make them not only side-eye the record label, but make people not want to work with them anymore. I mean, the problem with these labels is that, like, they're selling dreams, essentially. They're capitalizing off of, like, a lot of the time, these artists are young. They're stupid. They don't have... That's not stupid, sorry. They're yeah. inexperienced. Yeah. They're, and sometimes they don't know how to make... Um, Conscious decision. Conscious decision making. And a lot of that might be due to the fact that, like, they've never had the power to be able to make their own decisions in their life. Like, we have to come at at, um, we have to come at at the angle and think about these artists, like, especially if you look at hip hop, a lot of these artists are black. And some of them come from situations where you don't have access to, like, um, lawyers, you don't have access to a legal team, you can't comb through those contracts and understand what certain things mean. Like, I mean, I'm, I can't look at a contract and understand the terms and implications and how things might work out down the road so like the fact it's just an incredibly exploitative thing to knowingly set a young person up for failure like that it's a conscious decision it's a conscious thing and just because that's where the standard seems to be being set doesn't mean that you still shouldn't be have consequences for that because that's horrible right i kind of feel like I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you go. But you can go. I was just gonna say I kind of feel like that's what they go for. They can see those type of people from a mile away. So when they you know have meetings with them, they're like, yeah, we got we know which one to, at least from what I think, they know which people to kind of take advantage of in a sense. But when you said um, when you compared Tommy Boy to Bad Boy Record by P Diddy, me personally. I should have been looking at you sideways from the get-go. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, with Bad Boy, we both know about the P. Diddy curse, right? You know about the P. Diddy curse? No. Oh, All right, so the allegedly. The allegedly P. Diddy curse. So, allegedly, every single artist that was messed with P. Diddy, something bad has happened to them. Like, Shine the Rapper. As far uh, as, like, contracts and music yeah. goes. <laughs> you know, we all know about Biggie. <laughs> but, oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> The Diddy Chris like that. So if you're going to compare those two record labels, I would have been, if I was Day La, I would have been on my P's and Q's from the get-go. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you think they're one and the same? Yeah, I think they're one and the same. But also, I don't want to be, I'm kind of be a little bit of a devil's advocate for purposes of discussion. But if you look at it from a business standpoint, it's kind of genius. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go to an area to where like these people don't really know what they're reading you can have a few words in there that they don't understand and like we saw in the new edition special on BET where you have these kids who are not really used to having motorbikes that kind of money and you even saw like uh, with one of the mothers we don't leave free money on the table right. you bait them out with that money thinking they're going to get more money in reality you're going to take probably even 75% of the money they should be getting. And then also, like with a business standpoint too, if I can pay you less money, because you have the talent, 
so I could pay you less money to exploit that talent, you know what I'm saying? You do your thing, you know, on stage, you make those records, you sell to people, I could pay you as little money as possible until you start to realize I'm effing at your money, you know? So I can kind of see it from a business standpoint, and they have their own bills that they need to pay too. Not saying I'm in complete support of it, because I'm not, but like, if you look at it from that point of view, it kind of makes a little bit sense as to why they're doing the things that they do. I mean, what do you think about the power dynamics of the situation? Like, of course they're doing that because they can. Right. Yeah. Especially if you if you take a kid from maybe a low-come in area, which is like where a lot of rappers come from when, right. you, when yeah. you really yeah. think about it. Like, um, I mean, if you put a if, if you put a legal contract in front of me, I couldn't read that. Yeah. And lit- um, um, access to like good like schooling and education in low-income areas has always been um, uh, there's always been disenfranchisement there. Yeah. And so it's absolutely a conscious decision, but it's also one like there's no ethics in capitalism because you're only there to make money. And when you look at an artist, they don't see a kid wait, wanting to make their dreams come. They, they yeah. see an asset. Those are assets. Those aren't people. Those aren't artists. You know, even the the beautiful music they may create, that's not that's not music. That's something we make money from. Right. And so the problem is, is that we are thinking about you know dreams and and getting out of these situations. No, no, because it's 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 about the money you take in at the end of the day. Yeah. And um, no one's no one's there looking out for these artists. No right. one. No one. So do you guys think that was the like sort of the issue with Blueface? Because he didn't know nothing that went on in his record. I mean, in his contract. Do you think like he was one of those kids who just took it for what it was and was like, I'm getting money, I'm getting fame, so whatever, I don't really care. Yeah, like, no, he, I don't really follow Blueface all that much because like, that's not really my cup of tea. But when you talked about the situation early on yesterday, you know, um, <laughs> it's funny because he's talked about how he's getting money, but he's not really getting money. And that's kind of sad <laughs> to where like, you know, like you, you have, the money that you gained from whatever that song was wasn't um next big thing am i correct on that the song that he made no he sings um bust down bust down tatiana bust down tatiana you know he don't he don't know it see, see I'm, I'm a little bit on culture um <laughs> yeah to be honest with you man like it's kind of unfortunate to see but with the money that he was making I feel like he probably could have hired someone to see some of the words that he couldn't really understand and kind of look out for him to make sure that he wasn't getting screwed out of his money. But most kids don't have that, though. Yeah, yeah that's the problem, and they know that. I mean, and sometimes, like, the, the, there's this thing in, like, the hip-hop community where it's, like, the um, the perception of having money is more important than actually having money. So, like, all these lap- rappers and, like, m- like music music artists will be out here, like, living the life, quote-unquote. But, um, really, they're horribly in debt. <laughs> and it's about, because uh, hip-hop is so much more than music. It's about culture. And that has to do with vision as well and presentation. And so if you want to fit into that and continue with your image and your brand, that takes money and sometimes they don't have it. Yeah. But they front like they do. Yeah. Um okay, one one other point I want to bring up is the fact that you know, we talk about like new artists and like of today's world, but what we really have to realize is that this has been going on since like the beginning of time since the industry kind of took place. So I feel like we should, like the older people should start kind of 
taking the newer artists by the hand and yeah. kind of teaching them, you know, don't do this and don't do that. Whereas though, like in the industry, it seems like everybody's really for themselves. I feel like since the older people went through that, I feel like they should start teaching the newer artists, you know, kind of how to fend for themselves. I mean, there's always going to be that gap though between like old heads and like, you know, newer artists. Cause a lot of the time they're like, what is this shit? What is this mumble rap shit? And it's right. like, you know, we'd have to bridge that first. Mm -hmm. And there's so many um, different like conflicts and subgroups within our community. It's not all just one thing, but I definitely understand needing to like unite against like one cause because honestly, those record labels, record labels are not looking out for people and they never have. Right. Well, to wrap this up, I just, you know, closing statement, I'll just say moral of the story is I feel like the industry, you know, the nonsense has to stop because this has been going on for so long. And I know that there's kids and even adults who want to get in this business. You know, they're excited and they really want to share their art. But I would say just to protect yourself from the people in this industry, protect yourself from the vultures. Um, therefore, you won't have to go through what Dela and many others have gone through and continue to go through. And I want to also piggyback on Dela. I'm really glad that they're getting the national support that they're getting from many people like Jay-Z and Nas um, and even Questlove from, from the Roots who spawned the hashtag Tommy Boycott. And we also don't want to negate the fact that as of today, Tommy Boy has decided to postpone the streaming release of the catalog and Daylight mentioned in an Instagram post that next up talks about negotiations should be said. So I hope everything works fairly for both sides because I know for me, I don't want to see these kind of things happen in our culture. It's too much good music and great messages to be spread around. And we need Daylight's message in today's world. It's a bit sad that Tommy Boy took this long to finally pull up a seat, but at least they're making strides now. And we can't fault him for that. And I hope everything works out great. Right. And again, to the kids listening, please don't listen to this and get scared. Don't be afraid to follow your dreams and take meetings with people because fear will definitely hold you back from doing the things that you want to accomplish in life. Just remember to stand your ground, protect your neck, and keep, you know, read those contracts. So, um, yeah, with that being said, this is the end of the first episode. And, um, yeah, thank you to the people who let us use their music make sure you guys follow them on instagram at be young beats on inst on instagram and vintage vintage sound beats subscribe to them on youtube and also if you want to know about any upcoming episodes we have going on follow vox atl on soundcloud and apple music also follow our instagram page third eye point in view and be sure to love yourself find inner peace and keep your third eye open at all times peace and love peace and love peace and love